Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Hi, James. Hi, Andy. How are you? Oh, man, it's wonderful to be here. It's good to be here. Yeah, you know, I, I have been a fan of yours. Uh, I got to know you like everybody uh, by uh, internet videos. Yes. You walking around Pasadena. Uh, yeah, and Glendale and, and Glendale. Hollywood and yeah, yeah. outside of auditions and uh, just sweating and doing voices. And, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And looking probably, probably like a crazy person. Looking insane. Think. Yeah, yeah. I don't have the I don't have the gene that it seems like the guys that are like 10 years behind me have where they just will film anything anywhere. Yeah, like a like a, somebody will plop their phone down and just do a little dance where they're tracing, you know, the outline of their sure, shoulders or something sure. over yeah, and over yeah, again. Yeah. They're really comfortable doing that. Yeah. And I have I have a deep repressed uh Christian millennial shame yeah. about performing of about performance of any kind. Yes. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, no. I have a Midwestern. It's not it's not so much Christian. I mean, and we'll touch on your you cuz you were raised very religious. Uh yeah, I was um, I was raised pretty religious. Uh I don't it's not so much Christian thing, but there definitely is. And I mean, and it exists in different places. Like when I worked in New Zealand, I was they have a thing called tall poppy syndrome, which oh. is that if you, which it, which is, and to now say, is that what they call like a ham and cheese sandwich or something like no, that? No, no, it's Does what they tall call poppy means something completely else no, on the it, other side of the world. It means people in New Zealand they're very they're very proud of New Zealanders that make it big on the world stage, but then they immediately set about cutting them down, mm. like like destroying them in some way. Mm. Because and the notion of tall poppies is that you want all your poppies to grow to a uniform height. Mm. And if any of them grow higher than the other poppies, yeah. you snip their head off. So, like, the Flight of the Concords are not allowed back in the country. I don't, well. They'll I, immediately I'm sure be that, deported. I'm sure that within New Zealand, there's, like, you know, they, you know, they have guys a, are fucking pricks. Yeah, They have a PM for, like, a week. And it's like, all right, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. new leader immediately. Yep. Get out of here. Feels wrong. Get feels, out of feels here. Off, feels a little off to me. Yeah, yeah. Peter Jackson, he's. Can't even say he's from there anymore. Yeah, that no. guy, uh, the guy that colorizes things, get yeah, him yeah. out of here. Get him we at, do not out of here. Out of here. Yeah, you know the. Do you know? Have you been down there? Because the I've never been. There, the accent there, it's like someone from Australia that's trying to annoy you. It's a more annoying Australian. Yes, I had a I had a radio ad there for a mattress company, and it was it's it came on and they said, "Do you have a bad bed?" <laughs> 
Are you sleeping on a bed bed? A bed bed? A bed bed? Uh, yeah, somebody told me that the different that the accent difference is like uh, New Zealanders, Kiwis are like uh, it's uh, fish and chips. Yeah, fish chops. and chips. They say chops. Fish They're and chops. chops. Yeah. I I thought fish and chops. I thought it was Australians that were like fish and chips. No, they say they would say chops. I just I mean I just remember people saying chops. Well, while don't I was they there. know that it's fish and chips? It's chips, and really it's fries. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, oh, we're going all over the place here. Uh, Tall poppy syndrome, and you feel that as a Midwesterner? Yes, I feel that same thing. I feel the shame of, uh, we called it, uh, the phrase that comes from my child, tooting your own horn. Tooting your own horn. Yeah, that guy, like anybody, which, you know, to do what we do, there's an inherent ego to saying, mm-hmm. everybody in this room, be quiet now. I'm going to stand on this stage, mm. and I'm the only one talking. And all the lights are pointed at me. Mm. And you be quiet and listen. And it's worth wow. your while to listen. That's, you can't, See, there's an ego to everyone that does that. There's no course. such thing as a humble performer. No, I mean, I think as a Tennessean, definitely performers like performing and like the the sort of the redneck tradition of like, hey, y'all watch this. Like yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. It's definitely not my southernness that is keeping me from boldly, TikToking in front yes. of a bunch of people in yes, some yes. bank lobby. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think it, it's got to be generational. It's got to be generational. It's It's got to be uh, feeling shut out from uh, uh, major economic uh, swings. You know what I mean? I think it's millennial. It's like, well, I'm never going to, you know, I'm never going to pay off any of these debts. I'm right. never going to own a home. Right, right, right. So I should just keep my head down. and I'm uh, not working for a bank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's also like where we where we were when the internet took over our lives. The 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 I think the people of my generation, the internet was like something that came out and we immediately like had to learn it. Yeah. And then the, the, you know, our parents, we still have to, I still have to go look at my dad's phone and yeah, be like, yeah. just... Click the, you're click the your, button once, You're idiot. in your mid-30s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. 34. Yeah, and, see, I'm, yeah. I'm 56. So, I'm, so yeah, because the, the internet, I was working, I was already on television when it when I got, like, my first mm, computer, mm, you know? Like, yeah. I, I was aware of computers, but I never really, like, I, you know, when I was in college, I had a word processor, yeah. you know, like some weird little shitty, you know, date ma- a dot matrix printer mm. setup. Did but you I, pl- did you play Mist? Do you remember playing Mist? I did not. I did. Do you not, know what I'm, I'm talking not, about? I know what you're talking about. It's like a, a immersive environment game. Kind this of thing. this is my merch. This is my tote bag that I'm selling on my comedy tour, and it's like a riff on the falling guy from the cover of the Mist PC game. Okay, box art, and this is me falling face first. Ah, and this is a joke if you like Mist. I see. If you don't like Mist, you go, "Why is that your merch? I right. don't want it. It looks horrible." Right. 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 You're on tour. That's the other thing I, we got to talk about. We got to talk about that too. We're yeah. on strike. Yeah. You and I are both on strike We're twice on strike, over. So I can't promote anything. We can't even mention that I, you're on a very, television a show. very popular sketch comedy show. We can say, I, I believe that I'm legally allowed to call it J, the, the television show featuring James Austin Johnson okay. and others. Right. So we can, I think that's that's what legally what we're allowed to call it. Industry-wide, what what everyone calls it. That's what Bowen has to call it. That's what Devin has to call it. Right, right, right. Lauren's been calling it that. (laughs) Yeah. And um, hopefully hopefully we'll be back soon with James Austin Johnson 
uh, the the NBC show that features James Austin Johnson mm, and others. Yes. And I've been running that for a long time. And what you have to understand is that James is not the only person who was on that show. There are others. And it's on television. And we do sketch comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and that, of course, is my famous impression of man behind Right. Television show featuring James Austin Johnson and others. Longtime executive producer. Yes. Longtime you know. uh, comedy um, uh, impresario. Yes. Legally, I, this is how I'm supposed yeah. to talk about this. Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Canadian, uh, Canadian creator. Yes. Yeah, everyone does. It is hilarious how I've never heard anyone say, then Lord said to me, hey, come on out for lunch. You know, they always... Want to do the voice? Always do him and voice, you know, like. And everyone does the voice of, like, the first time they met him. Like, what his vibe was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I I think Dana kicked it off. I think Dana is who kicked it off. Yeah. I think Dana was the first guy, was like, I'm going to try to do his voice or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I I appear on show, and show is on television, and um, I love to entertain and perform. (laughs) Uh, and show is on television yeah yeah show is on television show is on television and uh, I performer by saying yeah but but, you know just saying television is probably pretty risky I don't think we should even say television All right, let's let's go back to the drawing board Um, I am media participant right all right good me too Uh, and it's too bad that we can't be I'm a podcast host that's what I am now that's that's and I'm what, a sta- I'm a touring stand up comedian and yes. podcast attender. Nice, yeah, nice. Now let's let let's start at the beginning because you mentioned it. You're from Tennessee. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. And you, I mean, I, I mean, just in sort of reading the the sort of research uh, that our 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 team did on you. Um, uh oh. No, no, just that you were. I mean, we we touched on it. You were raised in a fairly religious home. Fairly and, religious, but and fairly conservative. Like fairly conservative. Like you mentioned being at a Thanksgiving dinner and saying, "Oh, by the way, everyone, <laughs> I voted for Obama," and no one else had, and it was an awkward little moment for all of us. Yeah, that was very strange because it's like Obama. It's like I had a Coke the other day, and everybody's like, "We're Pepsi." Yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. had Coca Cola. Right, like, right. Coca Cola. Um, yeah, that that was like a very odd moment for me because it's it's i was like this guy the guy's a slam dunk come on right right no obama <laughs> obama yeah yeah yo yeah yo obama yeah um so yeah that was that was pretty awkward but um yeah i was i was raised in a, in a conservative and christian home but we had andy we had seinfeld yeah we had mash yeah you know we also had the andy griffith show yeah and we had church yeah and i Eha. I don't think we. I'm. I'm still unfamiliar with Hee Haw. Okay. Um, that, and see there, that it's also that's a time thing because like I had not not so much in our family, but I had relatives that mm. it seemed like every time in Springfield, Illinois, that I would go visit, mm. it seemed like he there was a Hee Haw channel. I just yeah. feel like Hee Haw was, was constantly on, on in my relatives' homes. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's uh, I. I'm so unfamiliar with it, and Seinfeld was just as foreign to me as a child. Oh really? But my my parents loved Seinfeld, and I would say that Dave Letterman and Seinfeld were very much like um, like 
uh, I don't know what you would call it. Like uh, beacons is too pretentious and uh, not what I mean at all. Uh, but those were like cool comedy things that were in definitely led into my home. I was I not raised some like weird like uh, uh, luddite right. farmer type yeah, thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we. we participated in society yeah 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 every it would just come with the caveat of like yeah. now i love this guy's movies but i just don't like his politics so much man i just don't and i'd be like okay i'll internalize that and that won't make me feel weird forever <laughs> that definitely won't come up every time i make a decision right for the rest right of my right life. um not to like but i mean I, are dump there... on my parents or anything because i think i had an amazing child right but i mean but i mean like i know i grew up in a house where like Fairly racist stuff was said fairly frequently by my older relative. Mm. I wouldn't say like, you know, not like by my mother or my father, mm. but certainly aunts and uncles and and yeah. older, you know, older Other relatives. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was just kind of like there was racism. There was, I mean, I don't even think we bothered with anti-Semitism because it would, it, you know, to like, to have a problem with Jewish people would be like having a problem with, you know, the lapse of of the arctic region you know it's like mm. it's like we not we never in i mean <laughs> i think the only jewish person i knew was my pediatrician for like the first 22 years of my life mm. just because yeah. that's the way it was you would but, have you would have had to gone to like a uh like a gun range or something to experience really adult racist thoughts yeah, you know exactly, what i mean exactly. you would have had to go i knew the whispered kind you you, know? you heard the whispered kind yeah, 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 yeah fear a fearful sort of uh protestant or catholic uh protestant, zone? protestant? Yeah, yeah. yeah i am just now learning about all that and reading the books about it for the longest time i was the in my heart about religion and all of that stuff where I came from, I was a moody teenager where I was very much slamming the door on everything and yeah. screaming, get out. And now I'm like starting to like read. I'm trying to unpack it and learn about it and play with it. I'm trying to like accept, yeah. accept everybody and like yeah. go with the flow and stuff. I, um, I, uh, there, I've, I've been doing comedy since I was like 14 mm -hmm. and, um, uh, I've been, let's see, I lived in LA for 10 years mm -hmm. and I just was like very ambitious, would hit it real hard and then quit for a year. And that's oh, wow. just, that's how it would always go. I would like go really hard at it and then get burnt out and stop. And probably what the, would you do for that year? Well, the best one that I ever did was like, I went to weekly therapy for two years instead of doing open mics every night. Wow. And that's, that's what I did in the middle of my like LA years yeah, was yeah. like, I was like, I need to become a person. I yeah. need to like become a man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was like probably the best thing I got out of therapy was like learning to accept and love like where my parents come from, where what my family's intention was with like what our environment was growing up. So while I don't personally want to be anywhere near that stuff as an adult <laughs> uh i still like i'm i'm more at peace with it now you know i'll go to i have a bit in my stand-up right now where i talk about going to regular church yeah anybody go to regular church not christmas not easter yeah no yeah. weddings no funerals yeah regular yeah. church <laughs> scrimmages three-on-three -three pickup church um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go and do that every once in a while. And, and, uh, it's like, it's nice to not be in the zone where I'm just like screaming and stamping about all of my ideology anymore. Yeah, that, yeah. that feels so important when you're like 22 It's yeah, like yeah. to demand everybody accepts you for the like weird, like 
I just graduated college. I'm done now. Yeah, yeah. I'm done becoming a person. Right. Except right. this new version of me. Yeah. This yeah. version of me that will change in six yeah. weeks as soon as I right. start. Right. And also, and also this version of me that I have come to the conclusion is right. Yeah. I'm right about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like grow up a little bit and you're like, I was wrong constantly. Well, and also, too, you uh, I don't you, know anything. The older you get, the more you just kind of like, well, yeah, it takes all kinds, you know? <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, some people believe that. Yeah, what do you yeah. do, you know? Yeah. I'll, I mean, I do it more. For me, it's more <laughs> like, especially in comedy, like I've just forever have been where there are people that, well, uh, to borrow actually a Lauren Michaels phrase, uh, who he said it about somebody else, like, uh, for them, a comedy is a jihad. And there, I have a uh, lot of like peers who, you know, it's like a banner that they hold. Trouble, get in trouble because on social media they'd be like, Leno sucks oh, while yeah, they're yeah, working yeah. in late night. Sure. And it it would be, you know, and it's has like, ramifications. You're yeah, a professional right, exactly. public figure. It's like, but even if you're, you know, not, it's like, well, yeah, of course Leno sucks, but that doesn't mean that there isn't like a lot of people that are going to eat them up with two spoons, you know? Also, yeah. And it's also it's like, like, yeah, there's who know, are, lots of shitty stuff out there. Who are any of us to uh, make these kinds of sweeping right. declarations? Exactly. Yeah. It feels very um, outmoded. It's like, it's like an era of hipsterdom that I think hopefully people have grown out of. Even the cool people have I, grown out of. You know, I'm not even, I don't know. I think it's just something you got to go through. I got to, I think it's part of, and also because I have, I have a, I have older children. I have a twenty-two-year-old, seventeen-year-old, and then I just got married, and we have a three-year-old. Oh my! So I have a wide range. So I have been thinking a lot about parenting in sort of a meta context mm. of you know now I got this new you know still, little one still gelling human yeah, and then I got you know a twenty-two-year-old who now is supposedly fully baked. You have you some know. persons. Yes. And and I do kind of feel like part of the individuation process mm. is a rejection, mm. you know, like the first the first step in a child's the development of a child's autonomy is to say no. Yeah. That's why little kids love no, because that's like they're like, hey, I'm not you, mommy, and I'm certainly not you, daddy. I'm me, and mm -hmm. I say no. I'm I not getting in the car. My my boy is 18 months. Yeah. And uh, he loves, yeah. I'm like really loving this period before no, yeah. where everything is yeah, even yeah, yeah, even yeah. when it means no. It's she, just like, how you doing? To, how you doing, Homer? Yeah. yeah. You want to watch TV? Yeah. We yeah. put it on for him, and he's like, Ooh. he like does this like, uh, I don't want to watch Clifford the Big Red Dog. I want to watch <laughs> Miss Rachel count to ten, but yeah, yeah. he can't express any of right, that. Right, right, right. And he hasn't learned no yet. Yeah, he's just saying yes to everything we ask him. Yeah, yeah. I'm really enjoying the yeah part. Yeah, it's it, cute. It gets the more they talk, the better it is. Yes, yeah. you know, I mean, I, babies are cute and everything, but I don't know what to do with them after ten minutes or so. You know, sure. But once they start talking, then it's a lot mm -hmm. better. And her, her latest thing, I know we can't, we don't know where she got it. Was where you say like, uh, "Come on, it's time for dinner," and she'll be never, <laughs> never, <laughs> never, like Jafar or well, something I don't know. like that. She got obviously got it from a show or something. Yeah, never. Just, yeah, like put on your shoes. We got to go. Never. That's like, and she says it with oh. all the all the mustard. Like she she's can pour like onto she's it. rattling a saber. Never. Yeah. Justin and so good. 
thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I had a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Can't you tell my love's a girl? I think I think there's a point in your life where you have to believe you're right about everything. Yeah. And you have to loudly proclaim that. So I don't even know. I don't think that like today's kids are being less, God damn it, that's fucked up and that's wrong. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I think it's sure and, it and as an artist, I think there's a there's a period where you have to be convinced yes. of your own genius. Yes. And uh uh it's great also to get like destroyed after that, mm -hmm. like for your your Tower of Babel to be, you yes. know, struck down. Well, I and I also like, uh, I mean, I think it's very, uh, it speaks well of you and of also your parents that you had the sense to be like, especially having started to do comedy when you were 14, to stop and go like, maybe I should be about something other than just doing comedy. Oh, I've done that so many times. Yeah. I, it, it was always like, I mean, I know in high school, that's when I discovered, like, the literature world, and I mm -hmm. thought I needed to not be a comedian, because, like, I, I remember going into, going into my first, like, creative writing classes being like, I am going to, I'm going to uh, leave high school and go be a Chicago improviser. That was, like, my loose plan. Yeah. And then I started doing stand-up, like, my freshman year of high school at, like, a talent shows and Wherever a high schooler can do stand, right, right, not right, in yeah. bars or yeah, clubs, of course. Um, but like the the first like Kitty Hawk style, trying to f get flying, mm -hmm. you know. And the first couple times were um, were so good. I was natural, loose, feeling groovy. Yeah, and I like it was nothing to lose. Nothing to lose, and I think I, you know, uh, I think I had good taste and stuff yeah. that was guiding me to a good place at that age. Yeah. Um. And uh, and then I kind of like I bombed a few more times. Yeah, I bombed like ten times in a row, the most horrific bombs of my life. Yeah. Um, actually, no. I would say that when I bomb now, those are horrific. Yeah, yeah. When there's stakes. Well, fourteen is when you're really at your most secure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And really ready to you know to be hated by large groups of strangers. Oh yeah, it's like it. It's but it, the emotional wounds are so deep when when you're bombing as a stand up at fourteen fifteen. I can imagine now the bombs that I have as an adult are like a new kind of shame. It's like well, I'm still getting paid, but I yeah. have to make 
I'm like trying to not make eye contact with these other auto dealers at this convention in Maui that I just beefed it last night yeah. in front of all their kids and wives. <laughs> like it's a completely new professional level of yeah. shame. Well, I didn't know you got to hang out with them afterwards. I'm, you're on an island oh. together. You were the hired thing, and it's a resort. What, you're going to leave early from the island? Are you supposed to do more than one night in no, the situation? No. Was... You just do one night, and then you just got to kind of by, be by the pool in your shame? Yeah. Well, it's, it's Hawaii. It's like you're not going to go for one night. Like, that would yeah, wreck yeah, your yeah. body to, right. like, try to adjust. So um, that was, the that was like, one of the worst bombs of my life was, like, going in. <laughs> Going and performing in Hawaii for these very sweet people. It was just, I, I, I don't know if it was me. I don't know if it was everything else about it. It was just, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough little private gig. And, mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes it's like as a stand up, you know, the, the, the club environment. And I'm not a club stand up. Mm -hmm. I perform at clubs, but I am not a club stand up. Yeah. I am a, um, I am a, media performer on NBC broadcast uh, show mm -hmm. style performer. <laughs> Please don't say NBC. <laughs> I am a media performer on American television yes. network right. uh, channel. Yeah. And, um, and uh, that's like who I feel like I am at my core, not really a club stand up and, and oh gosh, it's at least at the clubs, you have some control over certain things, air conditioning, mm. amplification, you have, uh, in general, like an eclectic mix of people. Yeah. Everyday people come. You know, who it's came, a, But who came there specifically to see what you're going to, you, you and others are came going to, to do. Came to see me, or at the very least, came to see stand-up comedy specifically. Yes, yes. Uh, There's like that contract for those two hours. We have all signed this contract. Yes. And, it's, and it, it can be very daunting and hard. Um, and of course, that's why it takes a professional and, you know, the rewards can be high. It can be really daunting for a private gig where everybody knows each other. Yeah. You know, and everybody kind of works with each other and everyone's kind of afraid yeah. to laugh in front of the the lawyers. Right. Everyone's afraid they, to laugh in front of their go, boss. Oh, there's a comic? Oh, yeah. Well, I was just expecting a luau. Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I got to choose between listening to this guy for an hour or finishing my baked potato. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, oh man, those, those bombs are so high stakes now. And luckily I am now at a level where that is not derailing me yeah, and yeah. causing me to go on a years of soul searching yes. thing. But I'm really grateful for the bombs as a teenager that led me to getting into, um, you know, like new journalism and creative nonfiction. That was a great period of my life when I got really into that stuff, yeah. when I got really into Annie Dillard. And Joan Didion and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that grew another part of me. And then I came back to the acting and performing thing at the tail end of high school, then went into college and I was like, I have to be a poetry professor at a small private um, uh, college in uh, Eastern Tennessee or yeah. something like that. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I thought I had to be. And uh, I didn't do any theater in college. And uh, what a shame. What a shame to turn your back on the thing that you're going to do for the rest of your life. Mm. Well, you get a life of doing it, you know what I mean? I know, but I when I am asked to go speak to drama clubs or like my my former teachers like classes now. Yeah, yeah. When I go speak to theater students, I'm like, "Buddy, for 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 99.99% of y'all, this is the last time you're going to be in Lay Miz. Yeah. Enjoy being in Lay fucking Miz. Yeah, yeah. You will never be at the level that the people who are actually in Lay Miz for the rest of their lives 
you probably won't be at that level. Yeah. You'll never be in Wicked again. You'll never be in Fiddler. Yeah. It, drink this up. Like you get to sing these songs in front of an audience. When yeah. is this ever going to happen yeah, again? Yeah. You're in the you're you are one of the 25 people who like this in your high school. Like go for it. <laughs> I wish I could have told myself that at yeah, like 17. Yeah. It's like uh except guys and dolls. I hate that show. But yeah. like uh you know, it's um uh oh man, sometimes there's times when I regret when I left the path, but um uh, it builds you into like a Voltron of comedy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. All of these different pieces make well, you into. And you know, I remember somebody, somebody saying, because I went to film school and, uh, you know, so I heard somebody lamenting the fact that there's so many kids now going to film school hmm. that they don't know. They make movies about movies. Right. Yeah. And I think there's lots of stand-ups that do stand-up about stand-up. Like they don't, mm. you know what I mean? They they just because they become so focused on I'm going to be a comic. Yeah. And I'm going to get up there and I'm going to get up there and then and I mean, I'm sure that we both know comics who don't really seem to care much about whatever happens in their life when they're not on stage oh, or yeah. in a comedy club. I know brilliant comics who can't talk about anything else and, just, it, and it's why I don't hang out with those guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, um, that's like, uh, that's for sure a disease and it like, it catches the most brilliant people in yeah. the world. Um, yeah, I didn't, I'm, I don't know. I really felt like I wanted to be a comics comic type when I was mm -hmm. coming up and I was very concerned about killing with smart Com comedians and stuff like that and I didn't care about audiences and, and everything and I guess that's good when you're an open micer but at some point um, there's there's some rhyme and reason to those who get lift off yeah. and it's because they're kind of like talking about things I don't know maybe audiences might yeah. like and relate yeah, to yeah, yeah. and also um, a thing, a thing, another thing that's great about stand up is like it's not that rewarding for the super young I mean, I know there are like people that take off when they're really young. That mm -hmm. was, I was so focused on that and what a distraction that was when I was, you know, I started young and I was yeah. like, I have to be the young guy. I have to be the guy of, oh, isn't he amazing? And he's, he's you know, three years younger than me. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that amazing? And yeah. I'm like, I'm so glad that I didn't hit at all until I was like 32. Yeah. Because uh, um, your, your comedy in general, this isn't true for everybody, but because there are some guys that are just like geniuses. And, yeah. Um, and, uh, um, and I use guys, you know, to include I understand. Everybody. I understand. Um, that's I mean, sort I didn't of, really, that's but a, thank you That's for a folkism. That right, right. I'm, no, I do, I do this. I call everybody guys. I don't actually know a single good man. I want to go ahead and say that right now. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met a good man. Yeah. Um, I don't even. Present company included. Uh, it, whoa. Yeah. Both of us. Yeah. I'm going to go punch a mirror after this. I, I murdered three people on the way well, here. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. at Lemonade after okay. this. But um, <laughs> um, I, I'm so glad that I didn't hit until I was 32 because yeah. I feel like you're just not as interesting a performer until you've been fired, yeah. until you've been. Um, married or divorced or had a child, you need to have life experiences. Yeah. That's incredibly important is like having life experiences. That's where, that's where um, comedy really comes from. And yeah. I, and it's, it's odd that I did want to be in like poetry world for a little bit, because that's another field of art um, where you're not interesting until you're like 80. Yeah. yeah. It's the older you get, the better you right. become at that art form. Yeah. Just because it's like, it's about relaying these experiences. 
And also you need, it seems, just seems like you nobody, like you have to have a, just this mountain of written work behind you before people are like, all right, well now it's time to really start. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's like, uh, you know, it's like having written a verse of a song as opposed to putting out 30 albums, you know, it's yeah. like. Although with music though, sometimes I being, I that is, being yeah. 19 is perfect for sure, music. Sure. Yeah, because it's like I'm gonna make something epic out of I dated somebody six times and it was weird. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh that that works in music. Yeah, yeah. Or the, also the fact too, that you don't understand anything that's some, great for music. Or somebody comes up with doot do doot doot doot, and it's somehow and like oh doot do doot 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 that's fantastic. Let's make that. Let's have that be a hundred times, and then we'll just can you, you imagine sing about broken your broken heart, and that's the biggest thing in the world. Can you yeah. imagine being in the room when Pusha T came up with ba da ba 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 for McDonald's? Can you imagine being <laughs> a fly on that? Is that who came up that? with that? I believe it's Pusha. Wow. It's like, one day I'm going to write a song that Brian Cox uh, mumbles over footage of hash browns <laughs> steaming. Some food artist comes up I and sprays it. it with the fast food yeah, steam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it. <laughs> I did it. Or, you know, or like Seven Nation Army. like that. Oh, man. Know. Jesus Christ. That's, you know... I got to hang just out the, with <laughs> I got to hang out with that guy the other night. Oh, uh, Jack! Yeah, now yeah. that I'm a Nashville public figure. Oh yeah, you know we're riding the strike out in Nashville. He's and, he's very. Oh, you are. Yeah. Oh, you didn't stay in Brooklyn or whatever. No, we're we're um the first like as soon as I got a little bit of money, I was like I should I need to buy a home near my parents or something oh. like that. I'm so afraid of everything going away and everything yeah, evaporating. Yeah. I'm I'm that's the other thing of not hitting until you're in your thirties is like, well, <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to use every extra cent that I have yes. as a cushion for when I inevitably fail. Yes. I don't have any of that piss and vinegar of, of if I had just like become some superstar when yeah. I was like 24, you know, I feel like I would be renting a house in the Hills or something. Absolutely. Blowing it on like yeah. nine bedrooms. Right. Or like a car <laughs> that's like just ridiculously expensive. Oh man! Like too expensive of a car. You a car guy, Andy? I used to be more so, uh, and then I started having children uh, destroys everything. Yeah, there's ketchup everywhere. It and- just I I had a very nice car because uh, that I had on lease and it was coming back from lease, and it was so disgusting. <laughs> and because and especially because like there was a uh, a center arm con- you know a flip down console with the cup holders oh, and yeah, a little yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it had had milk spilled in it so that it Good. was inside the armrest. Yes. So the entire car smelled like, uh, like butt vomit, yeah. like baby puke yogurt yeah. vomit smell. Yeah. Unbearable. I had to basically dismantle the back seat mm-hmm. in order to get it presentable yeah. enough to be able to return it on the lease. And at that point I was just like, I'm, I'm getting cars made of plastic <laughs> that you can hose out now. Oh, yeah. Know? I, yeah, I, uh, I would, I had like a little road rage problem in LA. I, w- I had a zippy little car. Yeah. Not a nice one, but it was just zippy. Yeah. And, uh, when I moved to LA, I was just like an anxious wreck all the time trying to get from like shitty part time jobs and temp jobs and offices to open mics and commercial auditions. And I was just zipping around, aggressive driver screaming at people, yeah. vaping, all of that anx- anxious guy shit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, at some point, you know, 
as I'm going through therapy, learning how to calm down and have defense mechanisms, my wife, like meeting my wife and her being like, quit smoking. And I was like, okay. You know, I just needed someone to tell me to quit smoking. All of these things that just like uh, trying to start calming down. The best thing that I did for myself was I got rid of the zippy car and I got a, uh, a like a 1994 Ranger. I got in a little truck that could not zip. Yeah, yeah. I got in an old man truck that just doesn't, doesn't go when you yeah, need it to yeah. go. And that changed everything about driving in LA for me. I yeah. became a calm and patient person. Right. I was like, no, you, after you, please, because right. I just can't accelerate. Because <laughs> uh, I'll get us both hurt. And that just like brought me back to earth in That's a really nice. great way. My, my truck years in L.A. were like very calming. And yeah. those are my best years in L.A., I would say. That's, yeah, that's, there's, I mean, there's probably big philosophical implications of like finding a slow car. Yeah. You know, like the, the spiritual, psychological version of, that's no, my just, self. That's my self help book. It's gonna be me. Yeah. It's, it's called Get You a Truck. <laughs> Get you a slow. Get truck. Get you a truck. Get you a four cylinder truck. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Can't you tell my I want to talk about because I mean you, the what brought you to everyone's attention uh, attention is your talent for mimicry. Yes, is, the impressions. The impressions. Yeah. Is, was that always a feature growing up? Because it is it's you know impressionists are unique yeah creatures. Yeah. I, I mean and it it does seem to be a thing you're born with or not. You know. Yeah, it's or something that's nurtured really early, or, and, yeah. and it just becomes a part of you. It's weird because I, in my head, I see the full tapestry of my comedy, and I'm like, I'm just a comedian. I'm just a stand-up, and mm -hmm. I've acted in things, and I and no. I tell one-liners, and and um, it's sometimes it's when I like put out a video of me doing Louis C.K. or something like that, yeah. or Trump, or uh, Bobby Flay, or Bob Dylan, or yeah. like any of the people that I like to do. And I see just like how much it catches on and how much people love it. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I have to go back to the Jerry Seinfeld uh, quote of like the audience tells you how you are funny. Yeah. It's like you should listen when the audience tells yeah. you something. So I have, I've had a little journey with embracing it. I've had a little journey with like coming to terms with it and embracing it because right. I, I'm like in my head, I'm like, I'm this full, I'm this full comedy buffet. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, but if like, the crab legs are just ridiculous on the buffet. That's what people are going for. Yeah, the, you have to keep refilling the crab legs for people. I think I think it's a natural thing to when you have a facility when you ha uh, well, it's a natural thing to a certain personality type. 
because I discount everything that I'm good at easily. Yeah. I discount. Yeah. And if I get compliments for it, I'm like, well, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That thing that I do, you know, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. That's great. Like when, you know, and it's also, I mean, I've always been uh, quick. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I've always had, you know, like the, a, a smart mouth, as they said when mm-hmm. I was younger. And so, and then I found a way, you know, like my mother once said to make a living out of the things that used to like literally get me sent out into the hall. Oh, for sure. In grade school. And um, so people will comp like, oh, you're just, you're so quick and everything. And I just feel like, yeah, but I didn't, you know, I didn't do anything. Like, yeah. It's not like I went to the gym for that. Yeah. It it's comes just there. So and... it's like, like that. But then, but what about the script I wrote? Yeah. It's okay. It's you okay. know what I mean? It's like, all right, okay. And then you're right. But you, you do kind of be like, all right, well, I mean, this is what people like. You have to, well, yeah, it's uh, it's a thing I had a little bit learn to embrace and come to, come to terms with because I would trot out a little voice at the end of my set and I just wanted to be seen as this legitimate stand-up. Yeah. I did not want, um, like- A what, gimmick guy. I didn't want to be a gimmick guy. And I remember there was this devastating experience of a uh, famous stand-up whose name I will not say, introducing me to someone else as a, you know, I'm a younger stand-up and he's showing me around. Um, it was a guy showing me around at L- LA and, and he was introducing me to this like comic I really loved. And he was like, uh, this is James. He, uh, he does voices. And I was just like, oh God, <laughs> but what about the writing and the, all the other stuff? And uh, that was like so scary to me. And that sent me into my little hole where I was yeah, like, yeah. I can't do voices for five years. Yeah. I can only be regarded for the stuff that I am foolishly saying is the only way to be um, uh, a legitimate comedian or yeah. something like that. So I was, I was, yeah, I, I hid that under a bushel basket for a long time. And, yeah. and then I started doing this uh, Louie bit. Um, it was like, uh, I would do, in my standup, it was like uh, positive vibes, spiritual Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. was like my, you know, he's so negative. So like, what is like a, what is like a Buddhist enlightened Louie, who's one with everything, sound like. Yeah. So that's what I started doing at the end of my sets was like a little dumb little closer. Where well, well, you, you, you ever, do you ever go outside and the sky is nice and every day is a gift? <laughs> I have two daughters. They're amazing. <laughs> like instead of the right, right, the negative, right, right. And uh, um, so that's like a thing I would do, and and people would just be like, oh, that's like a really fun Louis impression. You should do more impressions. And I'd be like, ah, maybe. And then I'd never do it again. Yeah. I was like, because they liked it, I would never do it. Yeah. And you big baby. Big baby. God, big baby. And um, I definitely, I guess like the front facing comedy of people posting just videos they're taking on their iPhone, that yeah. became like a more popular way to release videos online like you don't just have to post a clip of your stand-up you can just make a video of yourself and uh, other people were starting to do that and i started playing people making careers out of it i mean yeah people were like um i mean you were already working but there i mean there were people who were like holy shit look at this hilariously funny Mm -hmm. person doing you know first person selfie comedy and now they're you know they're yeah, in it, you know. I know it's um it's in, it's it's a great thing uh obviously to see what it has become now. It's absolutely and it's a gatekeeperless kind of yeah, area and, in many ways. And like, gosh, like there's just 
it's great to get rid of that like grumpy old man in your head that's like that's not real comedy. Yeah. Like did it make people laugh? Well, that's yeah. kind of what comedy is, but um yeah, that's I started to get a little bit more um uh of a self-belief in that and I remember trying Trump a little bit in 2017 and the voice was real rocky. It was not there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was really not there. And um, it just took a long time. I just like kept playing with it on stage until I found the thing of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, first it was I hated Trump. I thought he was the devil. And I had to fix what was wrong with evangelical America. And I had to make them look at the at the diarrhea that he's spouting. And then like I was like, okay, no, therapy kicking in. Just this is the way that the world works. This guy's president. Accept things. Go with Right. Go with how things are going. Audiences don't want to be lectured at. Yeah. Nobody, I, I do not want to be some sort of political um, activist comedian. That's yeah. not what my genre is. Right. It's not where my strengths lie. And I started just making the Trump into a sillier and sillier character. And it started sounding more and more like him and less like him in a way that it was becoming a comedy character. Yeah. Like I said less stuff, he says, and I made the voice stronger and then i made it him saying things that he wouldn't say but saying them the way that he would say them right you know like talking about rory gilmore and, and or scooby-doo and like scooby-doo the, the one that really that popped one really popped something about scooby-doo and because and but like i bet you because having watched trump you know like i've, I've listened to howard stern for years and trump used to go on howard stern mm-hmm. and he would go on and just basically they talk about other things, but when he would come alive was when it was, hey, let's objectify women right now. Sure, sure, I'll sure. name names and you just talk about how effable they are. Yeah. And he would, uh, you could just tell, finally, we're talking about the stuff that I, Donald Trump, Yeah, my wheelhouse, about. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like what I like, and I do think it's subversive and I do think there's a political end to it, is that- this guy who we know is a vainglorious idiot talking <laughs> that in that that in depth about Scooby Doo. Sure. He probably could and would, but he would probably talk about, you know, I'd do Daphne, but not Velma or whatever, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. The um I I will let it veer into the perverse sometimes. I'll yeah. let it get hypersexual, but it's just so much more funny if he's being just hung up on bullshit. Yeah, if he's if he's sexualizing something really stupid. Yeah, like yeah. um, you know, like uh, I, I I don't even know what it would be. Yeah, like something something from Wacky Races, some Hanna yeah, Barbera yeah. cartoon, yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, that's that's what's that's what's fun to me is having Trump in the manner that he would be <sighs> speaking about uh, the border or yeah. AOC or something like that, but instead having him be like you know. The bugs life, the bugs life ants, they've got four legs, but in ants, they've got six. So we're going to be looking into Pixar because the ants should really have a lot more legs. They should have a lot more legs than they're having. And under Biden, you won't have, you won't have ants. You won't have bugs life. There won't be any more. No bolt. You know, having him talk about dumb stuff. Yeah, like mid-level unpopular animation. Unpopular animation. Yeah, animation that no one cares about at all. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's like my favorite thing about watching as much rally footage of his as I have. It's like there's 30 seconds that we see on Twitter where everybody's screaming about some sensationalist thing. And then the rest of it is like 
six hours of really boring process that Rambling. he doesn't seem to enjoy. They yeah. don't really seem to enjoy. And I find that like mesmerizing. Yeah, that yeah. reminds me so much of like the the Church of the Nazarene conferences that I went to as a kid. Of yeah. Just like there was so there's in every church service, there's going to be like a big emotional pop, like usually towards the end, you know, like a, or an altar call or like this sure. thing, thing that happens in the worship music part of it. But then there's so much of it that is like, oh, we're just we're just a big group of silent people listening to like a middle-aged guy talk about golf. Right, right. Like that's what we've been doing for 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, with, a, with a parable involved, like yeah, the golf I, about. I think this is going to loop back around to Ephesians eventually, but <laughs> we've kind of been talking about, kind of been talking about looking for a lost glove yeah. for a while. <laughs> um, and yeah, Trump definitely has a lot of that sort of yeah. like boring pastor thing to him yeah. uh, that I find, I started to find that relatable. Um, and um, uh, and this might come as a huge shock, I think, to people because um, I think they forget that I'm a Tennessean and stuff. But when it comes to Trump, I actually don't, I actually don't want him to be president again. And I think he was kind of bad the first time that he yeah, did. Yeah. Th- okay. And when I tell people that, they're like, huh? And um, yeah, I, I don't think he was a particularly good leader. But um, do you do you get worried that somehow that you're uh, making him more palatable, like you're making him fun and funny? I don't think so. I think I'm like uh, I think I'm enjoying a little like um, uh, bonus level because like your opinion of him is fully baked. Yeah, there's I haven't met a single person that's like. Well, let's see how he does on I term know. two. Everybody's done thinking about him. They've it's cemented. Yeah, how you feel about him is cemented. If anything, it's like casually eroding at this point. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I really don't care if you like him or don't like him. I I think it'd be very silly to. <laughs> I personally think it'd be very silly to like be like he'd be great again. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. he would be great again. Um, it's hard. It's hard to really divorce the idea. Your own, per, like for me, like I cannot get inside the shoes of somebody that goes like, "Well, I look at that guy, and he really seems capable, and he really seems like he's on it." I don't really he think seems he's really cares about other people. Like it's not about that. It's about um. It's about just hearing confirmation of your views. I know in a forceful way. That, yeah. There's something awesome about that. Even somebody then, he getting even, up. And, he doesn't necessarily even like really do that. No, anymore. he doesn't really deliver it's, for people. There's so much projection onto him of just like yeah. He figured out the border. Mm, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. He's he's a real answer to like prayer for a lot of people. Yeah, and um. And this is their exciting moment in the in the democratic process. Like this is this is where I've come to, and this is not me trying to make him more palatable to anyone. Yeah. I, again, I don't think that's even something that can be accomplished. Right at this point, I it's more like, well, this is a comedy character, and the way that I do him, I'm not. I don't look at it as an impersonation of him. This is a comedy character that I've built. It's an impression, not an impersonation, right? I'm right. not an impersonator. Right, right, That's right. the one that I really take umbrage with is like political impersonator James Austin Johnson is here. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't show up at parties and like, you know, take photo right. booth pictures with people yeah. dressed as Kim Jong-un Look, or something like that. Here comes Jimmy Carter. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not an Austin Powers at like a kooky Vegas yeah. bachelorette party, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, it's uh, it's this character that I've built, and to to play any character, to play Darth Vader, to play 
anybody. Yeah. You have to like find something to love about that person. You, yeah. You have to, you have to put on the mantle of like, I'm a genius. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. Ron Burgundy, that character is not a very good man. Mm-mm. But like, you know, when he, when Will becomes Ron Burgundy, you know, you have to like love being Ron Burgundy. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You have to love being this misogynist, yep. n- neglectful kind of guy. Yeah. And a um, high status idiot. That's, a high yeah. status idiot. And that's what a lot of comedy's made out yeah. of. And so with Trump, I had to like find what is silly and fun about doing this. Yeah. And uh, so it has a lot of me in it. And I think that's that's part of why. I think I have so much fun and what's connecting with people about it is like, there's a lot of me in there. Like when, when Trump is like talking about, um, when Trump is talking about like uh, Lego Batman or something like that, it's yeah. usually an opinion that I have about whatever property it is. Sure. Of course. People didn't give last Jedi enough. Yeah. It took big swings and we love the little phone calls that they make to each other through the force. God forbid there's some sexiness in a Star Wars. God forbid it. People said, oh, I hated Last Jedi. What'd you hate? The adult emotions? Get them out of here. Get the hell out of here. We loved it. We love Kylo. We love Ray. We love Porgs. We love Porgs. Um, yeah, it's it's got to have a little bit of me, and there's got to yeah. be something you like about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and with, like, with any impression that I do on on television show um, or, or in my stand-up. You've, like, you've got to find something to like about that person. Um, and that that always that puts me in the audience in a weird place sometimes because it seems like I excel at performing canceled men. Yeah. You know, it seems like I excel at performing sticky personalities for people. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Um, but those some of those guys have hilarious voices and they're, they're fun to shout in those voices. So. Sure, sure. I don't, I don't know what it is about it's something about those strong personalities. You know, it's fun to carve out an impression of. And they're high status idiots. The high status a l- idiots. A lot so, of them. You know, I yeah. think, yeah, a lot of like, because I mean, there's <laughs> Donald Trump. There's all kinds of things that happen with him where there is like an amazing, there is some genius to him, but it's about bad things. You know, it's like about <laughs> bad things. It's like, Finding the ugly stream of thought yeah. among a large group of people, bringing that to the service and ex- surface and exploiting it, or the, the true superpower that he has shown the rest of the right wing is absolute bulletproof shamelessness. Oh yeah, like just lie. I hope just I hope, uh, assert things that are just patently untrue. I hope people are just like just not give it up, give up on it. But there's. There's something positive to be taken from that of just like, like, um, if this guy can do this for the dumbest reasons yes. in the world, bad you, reasons. You should speak up in the boardroom and be like, I think this is a good idea. Yeah. I hope I hope good people take the correct lesson yeah. from the bloviating of Donald Trump. Right, like, right, right. Speak up. Like right. if you believe in something, like shout it. That's yeah. a good thing to do. I yeah. I think the I think so much sadder than whatever Donald Trump is talking about right now, which probably doesn't matter at all. I think the sadder thing is watching people like retreat um, 
uh, in the opposite direction of like, well, we should draw a contrast by whispering and um, being scared of everything all the time. Yeah, and yeah, it's like, yeah. no, you should, this is, this, there's a lesson here. Like, right. be a silly person. Put right. on a silly hat right. and shout the correct thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and don't, be shame- don't retreat. Yeah. Be shameless about helping about poor things. people. Yeah. You know, like be shameless and be like, just push. Just push. That's the thing. It's just like push and push and push. And yeah, that's, you, that's, eventually you get the Supreme Court <laughs> that you want, you know? Yeah. When when you say, am I making, do I worry if I'm making Trump palatable? It's like, I think, no, I think comedy is like this place where you can um, defang and, yeah. and, and destroy and uh, dismantle. Cause I know? ask because I know Will Ferrell started to get when he would do George W. Bush. Yeah. He made a George W. Bush that was kind of... Because it's Will Ferrell, first yeah. of all, and Will Ferrell, like even when Will Ferrell played, and Will Ferrell's played comedic heavies, mm-hmm. but he's played villains, and you're still like, yeah. that's my favorite guy in the whole movie is the yeah. guy that's trying to murder everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think when he was doing George Bush, he mm-hmm. started to feel like I'm making him into this kind of like lo- lovable screw up, lovable screw up. Yeah, unfortunately, that is what. George W. Bush was. I know, but he was but it's really like, a lovable screw up. Yeah. Kinda, when you think about yeah. like the the long term ramifications of stuff that he did as president, they're like crazy. Mm-hmm. They're they're we're still living through a lot of I them. know so many people that say he's ten times worse than Trump. And because he was effective. <laughs> but he's hilarious. Yeah. I mean he's no, he's you know, it's like maybe, the fuck up son yeah. of a rich family that's like, all right. And he's on a baseball team. And he's yeah. hilarious and cool as hell. I, I mean, you can't control that about some of these people. Right, right. Yeah, I, I try not to look too deeply into that. And there might be a new wave of guilt about that the older I get. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah, if, yeah. if we're all living in some sort of Mad Max scenario yeah. in 2026. But um, but I don't think, but I, I, I honestly, I don't think that you're, I mean, I asked you that because I was curious about that. Yeah. Because I'm not, I don't do impersonation stuff. And I want, and so I just am wondering about, when you do that and people say, we want more of that, yeah. and you're doing it about a kind of heinous, shitty person that's affecting yeah. our lives right. in a detrimental way, mm. do, do you, you know, you're getting people to laugh at them. But, you know, but but I do think that you're getting to, them to laugh at them in a way where you're saying, this is a clown. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, this is a clown time. Like, this isn't, and, you know, you're talking about him like he's a statesman. No, he's a clown. Here, let me do more. He, here's yeah. me being him as a clown. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. that that ultimately I, has I, to help somewhat. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, uh, again, I think, you know, j- journalists are journalists and comedians are comedians. Mm-hmm. And and I think that there's there's a lot of comedy that, feels preachy and instructive and yes. I, I don't know how much that's helping people and it's not and i don't i don't like it i think yeah. like i said like when you said like if you come up and be like donald trump sucks and here's my impersonation of him no you do the impersonation of him yeah. and you show them that he sucks yeah you know, I, <laughs> you know what I, I mean the way that i do trump is not dignified in any way i do no. i do find it really odd when people are like um because, you know, I perform in the Southeast all the time. And yeah. that that's where I, you know, that's where I live a lot of the time. I want to be near my parents. I have a little baby. And uh, I want to get along with those people. I want to shove that baby off on those people and get out. <laughs> Take this thing from me. And uh, and when um, 
when people come up to me and they're like, I, you know, I like your Donald Trump. I'm sorry. I'm doing a Southern accent. That's all right. A lot of them talk that way. That's the way they do. You, you know what I like about your Donald Trump is you don't make it political. And it's like, you do know that the impression I'm doing of him makes him sound like a gibbering, like a fucking idiot cashier of yeah. some, some like, uh, liquidating Dillard's somewhere. <laughs> it was like checking people out. And he's like, I don't, I don't know if we have any more of these, but this is beautiful. Yes. And uh, did you, by the way, did what happened to who wants to be a millionaire? Remember that? And you'd get the question right and you'd be like, I could, I could do it better than that guy. And yeah. I, I wouldn't use any of the lifelines. I wouldn't even use 50-50. What the hell was a 50-50 for? They just took out the jokey one. You know, half of them are jokes. You know, it's like, who was the first man on the moon? A pencil? Some toothpaste? You know, like the way that I'm doing Donald Trump is like, that's, yeah. that's not how... That's not how a diplomat speaks. No. That's how like some some really hilarious like uh supercuts yeah. guy. Yeah. A guy at supercuts talks. A clown. So yeah. again, I just think it's it's on you if you yeah, yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna walk away from that going like Right, right. What oh yeah, definitely give him the nuclear yeah. cuts again or whatever. Do you? I mean, are you? Have you made peace too with like your your uh, ability to mimic people because it you know it's helped you to get you know a te that the television job that you have and um, yeah, I mean, um, I uh, I love because it was that that was that first. I should ask, was that like expressly a reason that they were like, hey, James, we're interested in putting you on this, you know, famous sketch comedy show, yeah. We love the impressions. Let's see what impressions. I mean, I just, I was just asked to send in a tape and the tape that I sent in was just like, I maybe did one or two little original character jokey things, mm -hmm. but most of it was like impressions that I, that I do. And, uh, so that was just, I think a creative choice I made where I was like, you know, you, you look at, you look at, um, an opportunity and with anything, any acting, anything, yeah. it's just like. Well, what does what does Jadge? What's the Jadge way of doing this? Mm -hmm. What is what is the thing that only I can do? What is my unique approach to this? Yeah, and so I just like I took out you know fifteen impressions that I do, and I was like, well, I don't really fifteen. That's fucking crazy. And I cut the ones that sucked, uh, <laughs> and I and I left in the ones that are great, yeah. and you know nine of the ones that I think still suck. But that's my view on it, right? Um, but. Uh, yeah, I was like, well, nobody's nobody's gonna send in a tape to television show with um, of like Bobby Flay, yeah, uh, talking about putting ketchup on sushi or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's something that I am o I am the only one who is interested in that guy. Yeah, in the room, very very often, and uh, that's how it bears out in a lot of my stand up sometimes. Where I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, I mean, well, that I mean personally, that's why I think you are sorry. Uh, impression comics listening to this you're a much you know not only are you doing the the voice you have words you have interesting funny it's words gotta have a bit that come out of the voice because there are people like great you picked up on that one vocal tick or those mm -hmm. three vocal ticks about yeah. this particular person but and besides gosh gee whiz sounds just like him you got to say something. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, both both in sustaining an hour of stand up for a paying audience and in the job that I have now on TV, like you've got to be a writer. Yeah. It's it's like writer first. Yes. And um I'm glad that 
I'm glad that the bombs and stand up kept leading me back to focusing on writing because yeah. the writing part is just it's a huge part of it. And uh, yeah, to me, it's just fluff. You know, it's just fluff if there's not a bit behind it. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I can do this voice. Why? Yeah. What is what is the is otherwise you're like just doing a cartwheel. I don't want to do a cartwheel. I want to do a cartwheel in an action sequence with an explosion yeah. and I'm dressed as a superhero. Like yeah. I want a reason for the cartwheel. Yeah. And um otherwise you're just like uh making people giggle uh during a fire drill. Right. You know what I mean? Or you're just like going, look, I'm double jointed. You know, yeah. like I have okay. this facility for this uh, that I was, you know, like, look what I can do. All right. You know? Yeah. And, you know, again, the the restrictions that you lament all your life, they're good to have. Like, um, I mean, I was always I was always kind of like timid and afraid of announcing to my family, like, I'm going to do this professionally. And this is what I am going to become successful at. That was a scary thing to, like, insist upon mm-hmm. because it's not how things work. Right. You go to college and you learn how to be a poetry professor. You go you go right. teach at a private Christian college in rural Tennessee. Like that is a legitimate job for a legitimate man. Right. And so I just had to I I've always felt this need to relentlessly justify everything that I'm doing. I have to show before I before I announce that I'm quitting my job just to be a stand-up, I've got to make sure that I like have some major achievement behind it. You know what I mean? I need to get JFL in Montreal and I say, see. look, I've got this, this, I've hit this marker. So now it makes sense for me to right. quit the finance temping. And like, I've been legitimized by somebody that knows yeah. in this particular industry that I'm trying to get into. Yeah. Yeah. And even, even in my act, it's like, if I'm going to do a voice, I need to, it needs to be triple justified with there being a stand-up bit that is driving it. I see. Like it, I... Like Louis C.K. being super positive. Yeah. Yeah. And it also is just like, there's this like little thing in me where I'm like, I feel cringe and corny if I'm like, here's here's Jeffrey Tambor eating lasagna. Yeah. It's like, I have to find some way to seamlessly make, like get into that voice in a way people don't notice that I'm teeing up an impression. Yeah, yeah. Like that's really important to me stylistically. And, yeah. And... um yeah, that there's yeah. art there. It's that's the artfulness. Yeah, because it just it's it's not for me. It is not enough to be a stand up or be an impressionist. I I have to be a really unique version of that. Yeah, and uh, so it took me a while to find my way of believing in it and presenting it. And I'm glad that it really glad that it worked out the way it did because I I do feel I I have, I'm doing the artist's way now. You know, the artist's way that mm-hmm. book. I'm doing that now, and I'm like trying to get rid of my negative self-talk about being an artist and stuff like that. Now I'm trying to celebrate myself about yeah. these these skills that I have and the craft I've been working on. So That's good. Um yeah, I'm trying to I always I embrace the things. I, the way I look at it is like I always I do more for people that talk nice to me. <laughs> so that's like my version of that. It's like like, you know, decades of saying you fat lazy fuck like <laughs> i didn't really feel like doing much for that guy right yeah yeah like you fat slob why don't you fucking stop being so fucking fat and be not fat and i'm just like <laughs> that guy's mean 
I don't want to yeah. hear him anymore. I'd like him to go away, you know. Be your own best friend. You need to, you yeah. need to find a way to like be a, be your own best friend. Yeah. You want to hang out with yourself. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, you're, now you're doing a tour now. Yeah. And is that is that sort of open-ended now because of striking? I just keep adding dates to it because yeah, I don't know yeah, what's yeah. going on, right? Yeah. So every day you look at a newspaper and they're like, we're settling in until 2025. And I'm like, oh, that blows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not settling oh, into that at all. I sure hope I, I return to television. I'm terrified, but you know. So uh, yeah, I just keep adding dates because um, I, uh, I that's this is my current project is yeah. just being as good a stand up as I possibly can be, meeting meeting fans and um, uh, building. Um, you know, there's going to be a point where I'm not on TV as much. Everybody has the ebbs and flows of their career, sure. and. Uh, stand up will always be a big part of my life yeah. and I just want to be as good at it as possible. And I, and I just, I like to do it. It's this yeah. like, it's this thing that I can punch in and be a comedian on my own terms. That's like really great. Yeah. And so I'm touring my little butt off right now so that we can. Are you doing an, is it an hour that you do or? I, sometimes I do more. Yeah. It's so weird. I have, And is it the same? Are you kind of, or are you kind of, Having fun and doing a I'm, mixed bag of whatever you feel you like. You know, there's night. a lot of riffing and there's a lot of like uh, playing around. A lot of riffing. With, there's a lot of riffing. <laughs> riffing a lot. <laughs> Todd Berry. <laughs> Todd Berry. We love Todd Berry. Um, yeah, it's there's definitely Trump and Biden stuff in it. Um, yeah. um, and uh, some other like little impressions sometimes. Um, but it's mostly a lot of stand-up about like um, – who I am, where I'm from, yeah. Um, you know, um, a lot of like fake country songs in it. Um, really? Yeah. It's this stand up is this great thing because you get to tell people who you are. Yeah. And so like I, I, uh, um, before I was being offered headliner spots and stuff, you know, that was a neat little side effect of getting on TV. Was like now I have people paying to come see me, which yeah. is amazing. I've right. always I've always wanted that. Yeah. I've always been the guy that was 15 minutes before a much more famous person. Sure. And I'm trying to like you know, a glom onto the, like a sucker fish on like a great white shark, you know, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to scoop up some of those little plankton, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, it's great to have people come out and they're like, they're finding out who I am, you know, cause they just see me on TV and see me playing characters and they don't know who I am yeah. really, you know, they, they know what they like of what they've seen. So, um, I'm in this really exciting time where I get to do comedy about my life and sing these fake country songs and, uh, do Trump and Biden stuff and uh, Bobby Flay stuff and Bob Dylan stuff. And um, um, it's fun to just have a lot of ownership and control over what the night is. And I just get carried away. I, yeah. I, when I first started getting these hour long gigs, these headliner gigs, I thought, oh, I've got nothing. I've got nothing to show for it. I hate all my comedy. And, you know, I'm a couple years into being able to be a headliner and I'm circling like two hours of material that I oh, like. Wow. Now it's like this overabundance where I've got to now I've got to trim and and yeah, shave yeah. and prune, and um, and that's honey, and that's just to leave the hotel room. Oh boy. Um. So well, you know what I say: leave them wanting less. Exactly. That's really the key when you're on stage <laughs> in front of people. Uh, yeah, I I I get carried away, and sometimes I'm up there for an hour fifteen and. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, and that I think has, that's just a result of having done this for so long. I've yeah. been in comedy for so long 
that I can't I can I can go further and do more than yeah. I realized when I and started you, out. And do you like you have like an end point that you're waiting to hit and then and you just kind of like oops, it took a little longer to get to that end point? Um there's definitely I would say that there's about 25 minutes I keep shoving in there that does not work. <laughs> that does not work. That I am like, in five years, right. this is going to be one of my signature things. <laughs> so I keep forcing that stuff on people because I just believe in it. And yeah. I want to see it become something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I have, I when I get done with that stuff, I'm like, all right, let's get back to the stuff people like. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I'm, at the end of the night, I'm always picking from about, you know, four or five different things that could be the closer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that every new set is a different attempt at the sequencing of yeah. whatever this special or album or whatever it's going to be, um, actually is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh gosh. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty much learning to just leave on, okay, that was a pretty big laugh. I should just stop. Yeah. 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 Right. Why, why pull them back around for another right. nine minutes of. Right, right. Why <laughs> I have to like get the machine started up again until it really, you know? And starts. so, and a lot of my bits are like, I, there's, a, I feel like a lot of my bits are like long setups to some sort of big explosion. I and see. so, uh, and having an having an audience that is like 35 plus, I would yeah. say that a lot of my audience is like people with kids. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're all sweaty and tired by yeah. the end of my set. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're 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 all melting. Yeah, we're just thinking about how expensive the sitter is. You yeah, know? like buddy, it's been an hour. Uh, Wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm very I'm very conscious now of sitters. Yeah, having uh, now having my baby where he's at and knowing how much it costs for my wife and I to go out on a night in yes. New York. Um, <laughs> and also, I feel that for people. also I feel I just feel too the like. <laughs> like the initial kind of, you know, 50-50-ishness about even showing up in the first place. <laughs> you know, like, I could go see a comedy or go see comedy. That would be fun. But I don't know. I could also stay home, you know. And, oh, yeah. You know. So, yeah. Are you somebody that has goals? Like, do you have, do you have like, set goals now, mm-hmm. that, now that things are, you know, you know, like you said, it took a little while to to get the train moving, but now that the yeah. train's moving, do you have definite stations? You I wanna... super have goals. Yeah. I, I I am very much like a guy who sets some impossible um, watermark for himself and then tries to get as close to it as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, doing just for laughs in Montreal was my first goal when I came to L.A. Yeah, um, Kyle Kinane told me have goals. He was like, you mm. should have a game plan. Yeah, I yeah. asked him when I got here from Nashville because I knew him from. Him coming to Nashville and me opening for him and stuff. Uh-huh. I was like, what should I do? And he was like, I wish somebody told me to have a game plan. You should probably have a game plan. So all over my house, there are like paintings, like wherever I have a painting. Very often when I've had like a, a couple glasses of wine or tooted a little jazz cigarette or something like mm-hmm. that, I will start getting misty-eyed about being an artist and I'll get a Sharpie and I'll write out my goals on the back of a painting. It's so funny to like pull them Are down. Are they paintings that you painted or? No, it's just like the art hanging in my house. I will hide like a instead of a safe full of jewels. Right. a goal. I will hide my little comedy goals on them. What made you do that? Like what, what, how did that first occur to Cannabis you? Cannabis or 
light uh, three right, light right, right. or something like that. Why did you your wife find some of your motivational notes and make fun of you? You're like, I gotta hide. No, she thinks it's really cute. Oh, she does. She thinks it's cute. Oh, that's good. Who wouldn't think that's yeah, cute? Yeah, yeah. A man wrote his professional goals on the back of a silly painting. Right. Come on, that's cute. It's endearing. So I um, now people are gonna anybody at your house they're gonna, gonna like try to look yeah. at what it's like. It's like. Yeah, write a write a spec pilot for New yeah. Girl. This he is a thinks, very outdated yeah. <laughs> goal. <laughs> He's gonna host Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Too late. Uh, yeah, so I have like goals scribbled all over the place, and it's it's a thing that really helps me. And it ultimately it just comes down to helps you in what sense? If um, I may ask. It gives shape and structure to what can be a really formless existence. Yeah. You know, like. So much of being an actor and a comedian is just like throwing tapes down the toilet. Waiting for the phone to ring. Waiting yeah. for the phone to ring and getting a breakdown. And it's like the same breakdown you always get where it's like, yeah. he's a nerd, but he's shredded and he's hot and sexy nerd. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely getting this one. <laughs> Looking down at my misshapen <laughs> pot belly. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely getting shredded yeah. nerd. Yeah, yeah. I'm like calling my agents, quit sending me out on the shredded yeah. nerd. Right. Can you bring in lumpy... Creative is person. shredded nerd really a thing? I mean, I get, I know these that they want everyone to be fuckable. I'm, these breakdowns you know. are impossible. Yeah, I've never booked a Taco Bell commercial because Taco Bell they they want hot people on Taco Bell. Yeah. and I don't know if you've ever been in a Taco Bell. They're Jesus Christ! I'm, I'm a little bit it's like look, a meat market. In I look there. a little bit more like the people who eat, eat, a, Taco eat Bell a Taco Bell rather than those who advertise. For right, it. right. Um. Uh, and that's a fitness goal for me is look like a guy who could get cast in a Taco Bell commercial. <laughs> yeah, by never eating Taco yeah, Bell. By yeah, never yeah. eating at that restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Or by just being 23 and that doesn't matter. Sure. Ever. Um, yeah, I will set an impossible goal for myself and that gives form and shape to a really nebulous pursuit. And when I first got here, it was like, I want to do a big comedy festival. I want to do one of those festivals where everybody looks at you and you get a manager. And uh, of course by striking in that direction, it all happens out of order. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you get a TV spot, but it's on MTV and the show's canceled before your thing airs. Yeah. You, get a, you get a manager from doing five minutes on an improv show that you were never supposed to get a... This person happened to be there. Happened that. to be there. Yeah, you yeah. don't get it from the big, big show. You know yeah. what I mean? By the time I got to... By the time I did end up getting Montreal, I had, I had already done everything that I wanted from it. Mm. Like I already had like um, uh, a manager that I liked and I already had like an idea for what a show might be at some point. And, you know, um, so like these goals that you set for yourself, a lot of times they don't result really in anything tangible the moment that you get that goal. It's yeah. more like it gave me this it gave me this mission and gave me ambition that took me to all these great places. Yeah. And at some point after. After I did Montreal, I was like, I want to audition for And that just became the overarching goal. Oh, I want to audition for Bleep. for for live television program. Yes. Right. For Lauren's Club. Yes. Yeah. I want. To... <laughs> uh so um so yeah, that was a thing that I that was a goal that I set for myself. And it's crazy to think that in 2017 how like impossible that seemed and to be living the life I get to live now is yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, What's what, it, what, what are scribbled on the back of the paintings that you haven't done yet? The things that I haven't done yet. Um, I've gotten to accomplish some really great stuff. Like the TV show I'm on work with. I one, one time I wrote down work with a real director. And like two years later, I had like three lines in a Coen brothers movie. It was wow. like, like 
just setting the goal does a lot for your brain's uh, health, I yeah. feel like. It's good to set a goal. Um, and uh, not that it immediately results in anything. It's just sometimes you might surprise yourself. Yeah, no. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I don't do that much. And I like the sound of it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. It's fun. Um, I'm more sort of like, I don't know, wait around and see what happens. <laughs> Let's see you what know? happens. Yeah. Uh, the things that are left are like, um, you know, I think it would be really fun one day to be like the kind of person that like directs family movies or something mm. like that. I think it would be really fun to be like Robert Rodriguez or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That that seems really fun to me. So that's the new goal that I have no time limit on. It's like one of these days I'm going to get the chance to make some sort of like uh, silly effect driven like yeah. action movie yeah, for yeah. 12 year olds. Yeah. Because that seems like a fun genre to work in. Yeah, something where uh, something where uh, it's like there's stunts, and ultimately it's uh, it's uh, low stakes. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like that. That would be really fun. It would be really fun to uh, to be one of those guys. So I, that's that's the new impossible goal I've set for myself. But I like the I like the urge that it's experiential. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's not. Because I have, you know, in my life, I've gone on, because I used to kind of want to do something important, and now I don't really. I mean, I want to do good work, yeah. and I want to entertain people, but that's about it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want them to say, like, like because I, you know, I now that I have more time to do it, I've been directing television commercials, because yeah. I started in Chicago in television commercials. I'm working with people that I was a PA with yeah. back in the 90s, you know, and... uh and, and, you know, I directing is just, it's, there's no surprise why people want to do it. It's really fun. It's fun. Like, first of all, you get to tell people what to do, and yeah. they listen to you. Like, mm. when you say, I think we should do this, I've been doing that for 30 years now in television. And, you know, most of the time it's like, well, that's nice that you think that. Yeah. But when you say, I think we should do this, and then there's, like, all these, like, really grown-up adult types that go, Okay, yeah, well, that sounds like a great idea. You're just like, yeah. wow. Wow. You know, it's like, you know, like your rich parents paid for you to have friends that, you know, will say like, yes, let's go to the zoo today. <laughs> um, but I but I, I do think, you know, like I used to want to do important stuff. Now I just want to do stuff that would be fun. Like yeah. I, if I just direct commercials, that's okay. I like it. It's fun. I like the people that I work with. I like be. I've come to the conclusion – I really like being on sets, mm -hmm. and I like figuring out comedy problems. Yeah, yeah, comedy problems. So that's, you know, I mean, it's like I don't need to, I don't need to make any big messages anymore. I just want to have fun and make entertainment, you know. So, but do you think you would have gotten to that place if you didn't at some point go, "I need to be the greatest filmmaker of all time"? That was um, that was probably a good little goalpost to throw down yeah. the, at the end of the well, and I think field. Well, and I think I mean you. Uh, I also want to have standards. I don't want to, you know. Yeah. Even within within being like, hey man, I want to have fun. It's like yeah, but I don't want to do a piece of shit. You know, <laughs> I don't want to do garbage. I don't want to be embarrassed right. by things. Um. So, yeah. you know, I. But I mean, I think that's great. I think that's a great way. To, because I always, I always would, and I've said it on here before. My philosophy about for the years that I did the show was, I uh, need to have. You can't say that. Oh right, it was. It's a defunct. 
it's uh, no longer on. Say red haired, <laughs> red haired chatty. Yeah, that Irish propaganda red, show that was on. Red haired chatty invisible string dancer. Yeah, yeah. I think is legally what you're allowed to say. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but all the years I did, uh, I you know that I did a strip show, that I did a talk show, I thought it's important to look like you're having fun, so you might as well have fun. Like yes, that's, people are watching that show to live vicariously through the people mm. that are on the screen, so have fun. And I think that's a pretty good system, like just generally for lots of different things, is to like, like you know, like you said, make a big family film. Like, yeah. why not? Yeah, everybody gets to feel good about that, you know? Fun fun with rules. Yeah. I think that's that's led me to a lot of good places. It's I think like, that's how can you have how can you have the most fun? Yeah. Like let's set up some structure and some rules to it for our fun. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like that's how improv works and stuff like that. Right. Like, you gotta have some sort of restriction on it. Yeah, because otherwise it's just noise. Yeah, otherwise yeah. it's just noise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have uh, big points that you've taken out from your journey on this, on this, uh, you know, on your time on this earth? Like, do you have like philosophies that you kind of, I mean, you're writing shit on the back of paintings. You must have some kind of Um, mottos. Relax. Yeah. Shut up. (laughs) Relax. Yeah. Um, What have I learned? Like you've been kidnapping people. Shut up. <laughs> Relax. Yeah, stay down. It's just a spooky basement. <laughs> I'll bring some soup down later. Relax. That's the thought of a kidnapper being like, calm down. Yeah, what are you screaming about? Relax. Yeah. I'm coming back later. Yeah. It's not a real gun. There's some books down there. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> um uh <laughs> what have I what have I learned? Um I've got I've got so much more in the tank, even even when I'm on E, there's there's more left. That's that's something that the that the TV show has taught me and that uh, I'm learning in my stand-up. Is mm-hmm. like I, I've had so many moments where I'm like, that's that's fucking it. That is all that's the last drop from the bucket. You, know, you don't like, have anything more you don't, you don't have any more ideas. No more ideas or you're 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 tapped or you don't have any there's no I know there's an audience out there and you haven't slept at all. And you can't do it. And I'm like, no, I can. I I have experience. It's, I just have so much more left in me than, than I realize. And, um, and there's no way that I would be able to sustain the things that I'm doing without some resilience. And, um, I, you know, what was a big, this is, this is a little silly, but you know, was a big thing that I went through from my career accelerating a little bit, fear of flying and Mm. having, and having to learn how to accept flight and getting on planes and stuff. Was that something that you hadn't had, and then all of a sudden you had something to lose by a plane crashing and at then started to worry about it? At some point, I just got really scared of flying to wow. the point that I would like be freaked out in bed thinking about being on a plane instead wow. of at home. Yeah. And um, and uh, I had to face that. I had to face that when stand-up and, and being a TV actor started jetting me around a little bit more yeah yeah where you know if i was going to if i was going to uh you know i remember my first like college gig where i was like i can get an engagement ring if i go do this college gig remember how i keep saying i'm too poor to get the 600 hundred dollar ring or whatever yeah, yeah. it's like well I, that's not an excuse anymore if i go do this college gig and that college gig means flying to the east coast so how do we negotiate this because you have been avoiding fl- avoiding all flying 
for like eight years straight. Wow. Because you're scared of it. Wow. And um, so learning that I could go through something like that and push myself through that much discomfort and yeah. arrive on this place that I'm at now where I still get a little jumpy sometimes. I get jumpy when it's bumpy. Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Everybody does. I don't. I love Every it. you love. I, no, I don't. Losing I honestly, altitude. I honestly, I have. I think this is a one of the silver linings of low grade depression, lifelong low, <laughs> grade, low grade depression. Is I don't feel any real particular stake in just existing. Yeah. So like that, there's I a could bump, die. bumpiness on the plane. I think a my anxiety does nothing in terms of holding up the plane. Yeah, sure. sure so sure. I'm powerless. And B. You know, this shit happens all the time. And, you know, if the plane, if we really start to drop, then I'll start to get worried. But for right now, I'm going to be okay. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, learning that it's just, oh, I'm uncomfortable. It's funny when you say that because I, there was a point early on in me getting on on TV where all of the stressors that I had had in my life, money, relationships, career, Mm -hmm. the, 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 the big, you know, the three the Cerberus of, of mm-hmm. my life, they were all kind of taken care of. Mm. I was like a newlywed, very much in love, very happy. I was on television. I was making money. And I think my I started to have these crazy mortality. Yeah. Like, I just thought about like, well, what's, yeah, great. Things are going great. But in five minutes, I'm going to be dead. Mm. You know, like seemingly five minutes. Like, or what does any of this matter anyway? Well, we're all just going to be dead. Yeah. And I think it was just my brain still being the anxiety factory that it always was, but the shoots that the anxiety went down had been stopped up. Mm. And so it was just the anxiety was still being produced, but it was just looking for a place to land. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to die is the first place for anxiety of any of us big brained mm-hmm. apes. Yeah. We're like, we, that's, you know, that's the, what that's the real fucking shitty part about being us is like, yeah, we know we're going to die. Yeah. You know? So I think, and I, you know, it took a while, you know, to where the, the depression went over and I realized like, yeah, you know, 50, 50, <laughs> live, die, whatever, you know? Yeah. You gotta, you just gotta have good defense, yeah. defenses and good coping skills. And, yeah. Um, it was talk therapy that, that got me to that place. And yeah. So I can talk myself through difficult situations. People ask me a lot if being on the show, if I get nervous being on the show, and I'm like, that's where I'm not nervous. Yeah. Like, that's the fun thing. Yeah. That's the fun thing. Right. Being silly for people yeah. on like a, on, in like a big way. Right. And like the way that I've always wanted to do it. With cue cards. That's the fun part. Yeah. With I, cue cards too. You, you know what you're going to say. Yeah. The ner- I've, my nerves and anxiety and stuff is like when I'm sitting on a couch thinking about some stuff that doesn't matter. That's where all the anxiety yeah, comes yeah. from. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I guess that's what that's what I have learned the most from from doing what I do and being led to the place that I'm in is just that I can I can handle a lot and yeah. um, I can uh, reward myself sometimes for you know celebrate myself a little bit for for getting there. You yeah. know what I mean? That's um, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you've gotten there, buddy. Hey. You did it. It's only just beginning. It's only just beginning. Or it's about to end rapidly. And then yeah, I'll but just... that's a beginning of its own. The yeah, nightmare the that new happens guy. after it ends. The new that's guy. the new thing. And I'm going to be the cashier at Dillard's. Yeah. Decades of downward spiral. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, seriously, thank you for, so much for uh, 
coming and doing this. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to, to meet you. Uh, yeah. And um, – It was very nice to meet you too, Andy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, you uh, – is there a website, people? Uh, it's the, the, the Age of J-A-J or Jadge. Is that what you're the saying? The Age of Jadge is uh, – the tour that I'm on right now is the Age of Jadge. Age of Jadge. Age of Jadge. Uh, you can go to jamesaustinjohnson.com for more information about that. All right. And follow me on, um, I guess, the good one. And don't follow me on the bad one. I don't know. I don't They're know what the bad, rules are. Man. They're all bad, man. They're all bad. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm Yeah. i Shrimp, J-A-J, Shrimp Jadge on the socials. And uh, yeah, you can find tickets for my shows on uh, jamesaustinjohnson.com. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks again. For being here, it was great to to meet you and get to hang. This was this was lovely. It was, and uh, thank all of you out there for listening. Uh, and I'll be uh, back next week to not plug things for those yeah. bastards. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's growing? Can't you feel it ain't showing? Oh, you must be a knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Coco production. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean Every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.